Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Common Kaisers. I'm your host, Chris Eaton, and joining me, as always, is... Ariani Nahosa. Hey, guys. What's up? Ah, we got a show for you today. Uh, as we are, uh, at this point, a two week, um, a week and a half away from the U.S. release of Shin Kamen Rider. Something like as that, yeah. record this, yeah. So... We are continuing our Common Writer Month here with a review of a very interesting film. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> but we're going to break from the normal mold of what we you know, normally do, where we just kind of jump right into the, to the review, because something else dropped today that, <laughs> well, we got we to gotta talk about it, because it is the most bonkers goddamn thing I have seen in a long time to come out of any of this stuff. And it is, it, I, I don't, it, there, there's, I, my words, words fail me. That's how insane. I, I did not expect this thing. All right. What, what did drop today? So a promotional video for a new toy came out today. It's been teased for a couple of weeks now, maybe a month. And all we got at the beginning was a snippet of you have Kamen Rider, old Shin Ultra, oh, sorry, Shin Kamen Rider, Shin Ultraman, Shin Godzilla, and uh, Evan, I guess Shin Evangelion uh, teaming up together to fight this black demon thing made out of something i don't know how to describe it i call it demon lante <laughs> sure does it look kind of looks like a shadowy biolante looking thing yeah yeah i'll go with that that has it cuts... ships it's got like an armada too for some reason <laughs> yeah and then it cuts away and it says new product coming soon well well today mm. we find out what that new product was the, the video goes on the video cuts to shin godzilla letting out a roar and then it's <laughs> And then immediately you see uh, Evangelion Unit 1, Shin Kamen Rider and Shin Ultraman turn to each other, you know, give the salute, and mm -hmm. then go into what I would describe is a Megazord sequence, <laughs> uh, yeah. a combiner sequence. <coughs> uh, yeah. It, there's no easy way to describe this, but the best way I can describe it is these characters who are not robots, except for Evangelion, uh, combined into a big robot. When I mean these characters, I include Godzilla as well. His his head is poking out of the of the middle. You got Ultraman's uh, head on the right. You got Evangelion's on the left. And on top, on the head, you see Common Rider with a cycle with a cycle motorcycle as the head, almost piloting the whole thing. And you have a giant robo. You have a giant robo with these. It's I, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's the more you look at it, the more like man. They could just make anything into robots nowadays. But here's the thing: we're kind of skipping over. It's in live action. Oh yes, it's a suit. So, um, so. This so we started with we so Anno's you know baby is Evangelion 
We just got done spending 16 years retelling the whole Evangelion story, even changing it at points from what he was originally going to do to whatever he, you know, to, you know what he put out. Then we got Shin Godzilla, which is his take on, you know, him and Noguchi's take on Godzilla. That was so successful. Subaraya's like, hey, why don't you guys do Ultraman? We got Shin Ultraman, which Ano wrote and Higuchi directed. And then we got the aforementioned Shin Kamarai are coming. So Ano has kind of hit three of the four quadrants of Tokusatsu. And I think we have talked about it in, in the show before. It's like there's still that one thing he hasn't hit yet, which is Sentai. He's not touched the Sentai you know, banner. And I saw this. And I immediately, I, just that moment of The Simpsons when the kids are in the the treehouse trying to figure out why the the parents are all missing because they're off, you know, drinking Grandpa Simpson's love potion. So, and Bark got super into conspiracy theories. Millhouse, when he goes, we're through the looking glass here, people. That's exactly what came to my mind because watching this, the second Godzilla lets out the roar like he was the leader of this group. And then the three going, giving the thumbs up, and then immediately the, tr the Zord transformation sequence happens. I sat in disbelief about what was what was coming through my, and it just kept going. Because here's the thing: Ano clearly knows his robots and knows his transformation and knows how to build a freaking robot. Because every so Godzilla becomes the body. With his tail turning into the wings of, of the mech and his head becoming the centerpiece. Ultraman and Unit 1, <laughs> they detach the upper parts of their torso, turn into the arms. The lower parts of their torso turn into the legs. Ultraman's freaking beam, his spacium beam, turns into an energy sword. And Unit 1's... AT field turns into the shield and I was losing my mind but here was the kicker because that's the thing here's the thing you don't know because Shin Kamen Rider he's so small compared to the others what was he going to do and then he bolts into the air like a might like 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 um oh what the hell who did he damn, I'm blanking on it and I'm ruining my, my thing but it's it's like he's uh, in Clash of the Titans and he's uh, Harry Hamlin riding Pegasus, and he lands on top of this mech body, and his bike turns into the goddamn head of this robot, and immediately I'm like, uh, he's they turned him into Koji Kubo, and this is gone full Mazinger now, and then he goes into beautiful live action of. It, it's a full Sentai sequence. It this, this thing's only two and a half, two minutes long, and now I want an entire. I want an, either you got they have to give me a movie or I need a whole show, because this was so bonkers. But the fact that they finally came around to the Sentai of it all, I, I'm like you've completed the circle. Bravo, bravo. You and know, then, of course, all it is is to sell toy. You know, I, I remember having the conversation with you right before this because this was teased for a while, and I was like, you know what? This better not be a pachinko. This better yeah. not be a, you know, something like a, 
and this this blew my expectations. I, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I don't think anybody uh, was expecting this, but sometimes it's nice to be surprised in life. Because look, even Super Raya did like a live action thing promoting Gridman. Like they made suits, like Gridman suits for SSS Gridman, but they didn't put anywhere near the effort into it that they did this. And watching a dude in a suit, a mech suit, and doing the entire thing, like when they do their power moves, like the like the old Sentai's of of yore, like when like it like the best example would be um uh the the um the the Sentai series that they used for season three of Power Rangers, where they had the Shogun Zord and the Ninja Zord. So when, yeah. So when they would do like the moves, like when the right fist would, would swing, you'd see the ape as it hit like its power move. And then when it threw its left fist, you would see the wolf as it, you know, is, is it attacked? And you're like, I my even my nine year old brain could not conjure something as beautiful as this. And again, all to sell a combining a combining toy. You get all they said was like, all right, here, this is what you're going to be able to buy. This is the culmination of this entire project is for this hundred and sixty six dollar toy. It's four figures. Each individual figure transforms and combines into this big super robot. And you know what? I need it. I need it in my life. Yeah, I don't know I why, but I need it. I I didn't know this existed, you know, 24 hours ago, but now I want it. Yeah. I want, they I want managed it. I, I've seen people go, what the hell is this? I'm like, this is imagination. That's what this is. You're seeing whimsy and fun being brought to the screen. <sighs> I I can't say enough about this. Hell, no, number one, this this thing looks so stupid. And amazing at the same time. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. This this is the most stupid looking thing. But man, it's it's like you ever see a dog that's really ugly, but you just can't stop loving it. Yeah, that's exactly what this thing looks like. Let's not look past the fact that Common Rider is the pilot of this thing too. Like he's standing, he's standing on top of this thing, like doing his henshin moves. To you know, to conduct the the robot to attack, and then when they do their final attack, like the the spacium sword, the AT field, Godzilla, Shin Godzilla's beam all at once, and then he gets out and does the rider kick onto this. Oh, that was wonderful. Black that mass, was... like you're just. I'm like, this this is this is art. This is art right here. This is. <laughs> I need like a big poster of this thing, like up on my wall. Because this is absolutely wonderful. I, I want to know who I I'm curious if Anno actually directed this or if Higuchi directed this. I got a feeling one of them did. There's no way either one of them did said, We're not gonna touch this. Like, no, no. This feels like either one or both of them like had their way and got to be nine year olds and got to do this in this completely bonkers idea. Because only who these did, two could pull it off. Who designed this? Who who That's the thing I want to know too. I'm, I'm. There's levels of curiosity, of like, what went into this? How long was this brewing? And whose idea was this? 
Uh, Bandai. <laughs> oh, I guarantee Bandai was like, we want to make toys. And you got to remember, man, there's now, there's four different companies at work here. You got Studio Kara, you got Toho, you got Toei, and you got Superaya. And it's kind of well known that Toei and Toho kind of don't like each other. But through the power of Ano, they've brought these characters together. And like this, we've witnessed a weird, like a, a semi miracle in a in of its own right, that these all four appeared in some sort of live action form, and it was this. Um, look, there's watching a Marvel movie, watching a DC movie. You're, it's like, oh yeah, so and so shows up. Like, yeah, of course, Doctor Strange's gonna show up with Black Panther, or Wonder Woman's gonna show up with Green Lantern, of course, because they have. <laughs> clear history together of showing up in each other's comics but mm -hmm. nowhere nowhere in the history of time has straight up godzilla showed up with common writer showed up with ultraman at the same time outside yeah. of like the issues of g-fan in the 90s you know you or, weren't going to see or, or the stage shows that they would do because they yeah, would have right. these suits yeah yeah you know, for a long time, it was like, oh, did you know that Gamera and Godzilla fought each other in a stage show in Osaka in the 70s? Did you know that Godzilla, Kamen Rider, and Ultraman and Evangelion teamed up and made a giant robot? Well, this is the world <laughs> we live in. And yes, and that, again, I, I tell everyone, you know, you can... Bitch and moan all day. And I've gone on this on, on, on the Kaiju Kingdom podcast, but I tell everyone, be thankful for what you have. Yes. Because there was a time when it was just nothing but a desert and you had nothing. Like, you were lucky. You were lucky that Hanna-Barbera put out something. You were lucky that if you lived in a major city that had a Japanese bookstore or a comic store that had a few of these things, that's how you got this stuff. Now, the cups of overflow. And not only that, but we're going into weird and strange places. And I am all for it. So, again, there's no... there. <clears throat> to me, there's no such thing as bad Godzilla. There's no such thing as bad Ultraman. There's there's not great Ultraman. That's, you know, like Ultraman-powered. But, you know, at the same time, it's like you're... There, people are at least giving an effort. So... I, I I'm beyond ecstatic. I, I I part of me hopes that they turn this thing into like maybe like a 20 minute OVA or you know some sort of like you know just one shot that comes with a you know a DVD on if you buy the toy set like you know how they used to do back in the day like That'd that those kinds of gimmicks. So. But we digress. So you want to get into today's uh, main topic? Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's talk about Hanuman and the Five Riders. Have you seen this movie before? In its entire I've never seen that. I've I've only seen clips. Yeah. I have seen the Seven Ultra Brother, the Hanuman and the Seven Ultra Brothers. Right. And I have not. You know what? I have the Jamborg Ace. Child movie, but I, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, hmm. Mostly because it's in full Thai, and I don't understand Thai. But also the fact that um, the child movies are wildly 
uh, how do I put this? Unique in their storytelling abilities. Um, so should we give a little backstory real quick before uh, we kind of jump into what the hell we're talking about? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you are very well aware of the Chayo and Subaraya uh, legal battle that uh, mm. is ending or has ended recently. Well, uh, Sampo, the leaves, the head of Chayo has passed on too. So all that is, all that is, is literally dead and buried. So while Subaraya agreed to work with Chayo on a movie, uh, on a legitimate movie, Mm -hmm. uh, Toei did not agree with Chayo. (laughs) No, Uh, no, they did not. (laughs) They did not. So did that stop Chayo from making a Toei movie? Not at all. No. Uh, And not only that, but I have not seen such blatant copyright infringement since I watched the Turkish Superman movie. Like this easily could be put into like a film festival with those like Turkish films, the the big ripoff films of the 70s and 80s, which are glorious in their own bonkers way. Like we got to We're going to have to talk about three Dev Adam one day. That's going to have to be on the list. Yes. But that's for another day, another time. This uh, this movie Hanuman in the seven in the five writers is uh, where the Turkish films are. You know, they're still like, hey, we're gonna make our own stuff, and we're gonna, you know, you know, kind of, we're just ripping, we're just blatantly ripping off what's popular. This was going even further. So uh, this movie takes. Footage from uh, what is it? Common Writer. It is Common Writer V three the movie and Common Writer X the movie. Okay, and that was the mostly, first time they put. Yeah, mostly. Mostly Common Writer X the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's just get into this one, man, because this is okay. <laughs> this is one. Okay. Oh, opening well, the movie. What do we see? Um, opening the movie, we actually, it comes out of nowhere. There's a giant statue. There, there's a giant, like, idol. And he tells his, you know, mutant henchmen, I need blood. I need virgin blood. Go get it. And so, just, like, it's nothing but hard cuts to these, you know, these, these, you know, um, Mutants. Uh, yeah, mutants. Like what? What? I mean, what? What's the proper name again? Was it Ka- Kaijin? Ka- Kaijin. Kaijin. Yeah. So they're just abducting women left and right, and uh, they're draining. They're draining their blood for their master. Who? Um, how do I put this? He changes sizes without any explanation. Like he's a giant statue at one point, like kind of like laying down, like leaning on his head. Which is clearly from the movie, from the legitimate movie. Right. To this wonky ass suit that they made uh, for the scenes they shot for this movie. He looks like if someone made a a head of Unicron from from Transformers and then painted it silver and then proceeded to wear HVAC uh, tubing all over his body. Have you, Uh, okay, have you ever seen that SNL? 
bit from years ago about the old glory insurance for the old people insurance against robot attacks. Is it from the nineties? Cause if it is, yes. probably have, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like man, bro, robot attacks are up. They, they attack, they come for old people because they eat their, they eat their, uh, they need their, I'm butchering it. Uh, yeah. They eat their medicine for fuel. And when they get you with their steel hand, metal hands, you can't break free because they're made of metal and robots are strong. It's that robot that looks like it came from a Conan O'Brien skit with like a unicron head with a mouth that kind of looks like a kind of like a marionette puppet that moves up and down at, at times whenever they feel like it. Um, now, which the version I watch was actually English dubbed. Oh, I found a Hong Kong dub of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know the version you're talking about, and it's subtitled mm. like French at the bottom or something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the Thai one? I did watch the Thai one. Okay. So mine, the one I watched, it felt butchered to hell. But that's again saying, oh, you know, not saying much because this movie is already one giant Frankenstein job. Uh, <laughs> Who shows up later, by the way? Yes. <laughs> So as all this crap's going down, we get this weird ancillary opening. Like a woman's blood is being drained from her, and the role, you know, the the the, the kaijin are like, ah, you know, they're like, and again, the dubbing on this is mwah, absolutely beautiful. It is up there with some of the great Hong Kong dubs of just utter nonsense. Um, so as this is going on, we are introduced to the heroes, the five writers, who quickly save the day. And then we go into this whole opening sequence for no goddamn reason other than, oh, Chayo somehow got replicas of the suits or they built their own replicas. Yeah, these are not. These are these. Oh, these are dime store. These are dime store replicas at best. I, if Sampo like bought like you know like extra suits like from Toei or something like that years ago, or but yeah, these are these are dog crap suits. The the bikes are falling apart in some scenes. They're 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 full and they're dirt bikes that look like a nine year old put all of the the um, dressings from like what their actual bikes are and. The, sh- the way this thing is shot, it looks like someone's on the back of a flatbed truck, and they got the they got the five actors in these these crappy suits driving what looks like through downtown Bangkok, you know, circa 1974, and it's like they're on parade. They're just waving to people, which tells me they didn't clear this to Absolutely be filmed. Not. They just went out and they just started shooting. It's a busy day. Clearly, there's people driving around. There's people, you know, it's there, there's some there's some shots where like people kind of get close and they kind of like look at them. They're like people like will look and like take pictures and kind of drive like what the hell is going on over there? Like in one of them, a car gets a little too close and then it cuts again. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's the thing. There's so many like hard cuts because it's like oh, we didn't film any B-roll. We just shot random stuff so we're just it it is the hackiest chop job i've i have ever witnessed in a movie like and i've watched a lot of crap 
Like you and I have watched a lot of crap, enjoyable crap, but we've watched crap. And we've seen yeah. like low level production quality, you know, at its fine. But this this was something this was something completely different. Something that this blew my mind at just how just god awful it was. And it's like a fever dream. They they're dry they're it and this scene goes on forever. Yeah. We talked about in Cutie Honey that sequence in the middle where honey's just walking around and they play like two musical numbers. Where it's like, what, like, what are we doing? Like, we're just padding time on this. This goes on for like five minutes. And Do you just... remember how long your version was? My version I watched, I think, was ninety-two minutes. Right. How long did it feel? It felt like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because pacing is also not this movie's uh, forte. That being said, this movie does not need to be 90 minutes. But You could have done this in 45 minutes and still gotten the same effect oh, out of it. Gosh. I mean, it felt like Sampa was like, look, we're just ripping off these two movies, so, you know, keep the budget let's down. Keep yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're at 54 minutes. All right, put more stuff in there. Because, again, things happen for no reason. Now – after this whole sequence goes about, we kind of are introduced to the writers. They introduce themselves. And there is actually some writer lore put into these things. Like, they all explain, they're like, yeah, I'm from, you know, New York, and I'm from Hong Kong, and I'm from Japan. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then the one, I think it's Writer Man who says, and I'm from Thailand. I'm like, and they're all like, the, again, the voices are so... Like, they don't match anything that they're doing. Like, the Rider Man one was the worst of them all because he had this this nasally, high-pitched kind of voice. I think it's the same dude that was doing Hanuman later on, which we get, we'll get into that. Because, again, bonkers. So, um, basically, the writers are shown breaking up... Uh, you know, this dark, this, you know, King what was his name? King Dark. King Dark. King Dark. King Dark is his name. Who is, by the way, a robotic vampire. That is how he describes himself. He needs blood to survive. Blood of virgins. That's, That's all, all he, he wants. wants. He doesn't even want world domination. He just wants blood of virgins. Blood. He's a blood. What do you expect? He hates Crips. <laughs> So the writers break up his whole his whole thing, um, and now he's getting mad. And so one like so the showman is in in his you know throne room, which is clearly like the garage, like on the lot of like wherever you know Chayo held their you know their productions at. I mean, it is the it is the flimsiest thing. There's like a throne. And there is uh, there's a, a side shot of the set because he's got a bunch of henchmen who are bumbling idiots. Like he he murders one at one point for you know Blood. they're telling us like the writers are you know they're he's like it's like ah like it's almost Doctor Evil ish like it's literally everything Doctor Evil was making like in Austin Powers was making fun of. And so <laughs> he tells his henchmen like find find the writers and they just cut over to the other side of the room where there's this giant. You know, it's supposed to be a supercomputer, but it's just got buttons that they're arbitrarily turning and pushing. 
<clears throat> and so they're like, hey, you know, we got a, you know, we got a lock on on one of them. Like, okay, we'll go take him out. So more, so then we get another long extended fight sequence of monsters fight, and again, just chopping up sequences from the original movies because you can tell, much like much like the, you know, it's late years later when Saban would do it with Power Rangers. You can tell when they did these scenes that they shot in Simi Valley versus the, you know, Japanese stuff that came out three years prior to it because the, the suits were so flimsy. Like, especially when they would show Jason, like, in the, you know, his dragon, his dragon shield wasn't, like, um, made out of, like, foam like the, like the one in the show was. It was, like, sewn together. Yeah. And it, it looked... Oh, it looked like a terrible. It, it looked like it came from a fabric store. Ariel, real quick, one of my one of the moments in my life of disappointment was I was you know ten years old or yeah ten years old, super into Power Rangers. It's the hottest thing in the world. I'm living in Norwalk, California. Norwalk, California is a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood, and we had around the corner from us a uh, grocery store called Romero's. It's a Mexican uh, uh, superstore, and they had they're having this big like re-grand opening, and they said the Power Rangers are going to be here. So oh, no. oh, everyone no, showed. No. My mom brings my brother and I, and our you know our neighbors are there, like kids from school are there. There's lines because they're like the Power Rangers are going to be here, and we sat there and waited. Like we got there like eight in the morning. We and we waited, you know, all day. They were open. The people were coming in. They had, um, you know, they were doing churros. They were doing a whole thing, like big celebration, come and shop. And apparently, the Power Rangers were coming out at two o'clock. So we sat there for like six hours, waiting and listening to a repeat of some promo that they were doing that was just being blasted on the megaphone. And then finally. You know, much like, again, Simpsons, when Bart's like, Krusty is coming, Krusty is coming, they're like, hey, guys, the Power Rangers are here. And out comes the absolute crappiest knockoff Power Ranger costumes you've ever seen in your life. The heads were gigantic. They looked like there was something out of, like, the Carnival in Rio. They were they were stitched together. And it I, my mom turns to us. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, don't, don't. This is not your fault. Like, this isn't your fault. She's like, do you want to go? We're like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's go. And then into that, I actually did get to meet the Power Rangers like a month later in Anaheim, though. Oh, All nice. of them, every single one of them. So that's what this reminds me of right here. Because you, this five to like eight minute fight sequence, it's like, oh, here's all the cool stuff that Toei did. And none of it makes sense because it's all out of order, by the way. Like, they're cutting back and forth. Yeah. And some of the monsters have already died, and they come back at the next scene, and they're chasing. And it's like, wait a minute, that's the same guy. And he jumps out of a river. And then the, this this movie, its editing is it's all over the place. And uh, it, <laughs> look... It's very difficult to talk about this movie in, in a linear in a linear sense. Yeah, just because there's no because... real linear. There's there is a 
There's a dusting of a story to it. So audience today, we're going to suggest we do something a little different. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the positives in this movie. Because there is positives. There are, there are things in you. There, there yeah, there's there's definitely, I mean, look, I can't say I wasn't entertained by the slow train yeah. wreck that this movie was. Like, I try to find the best in everything. There, it, There's very few movies that I walk out, I'm like, I want my money back. Very few. But there's also stuff I'm watching as a, it, it, it's almost like it's a Frankensteinian experiment. Like, I brought this thing to life, this abomination. Let's see how this goes. So, Chris, you yeah, you said that you've seen the uh, the Hanuman versus Hanuman and the Seven uh, Ultra Brothers, right? Yes, I have. Did you know this? That movie had a sequel. Uh, it was uh, the Jamborghese one, right? It is this movie. Oh, that's this true. Is the movie that's where you're going with this. <laughs> yes, because Hanuman, because again, the the. The stuff they actually shot for themselves, which is they reused the Hanuman suit. And I I could have swore they actually mentioned the Ultraman stuff brief, like in a passing moment in this too. But everyone knows who Hanuman, he shows up and he's like, ah! And again, talks like a weirdo too. He's like, ah, hi! You know, it's like, I'm like, God, dude, like, get, get your children away. But the sequence in which he shows up is a flashback sequence, by the way. This is already like 25 minutes into this movie. Hold on. And yeah. it's a flashback sequence because With, the the setting of the movie is now now we're in hell. Oh yes. Cuz hell hell is a place that people go to. Yes. Right? You can well, just go in and out of it. And Satan is a Thai man in a, a uh in yes, yeah, with a mustache that looks like he's part of the thuggy cult from uh Temple of Doom. And he's got a giant pot that he boils sinners in. He explains. He explains what if you are a murderer, you will get your arms and legs ripped off. If you mm -hmm. are, if you poison people, you will be thrown in a in a boiling pot. If you mm -hmm. are an adulterer, you'll be made to walk a, a. You'll be made to climb a pole with, with spikes on it. Cut to three poles with nude women on them and guys just poking them with yeah. tridents. Yeah. And it, you know, it's out of nowhere. Of, it's out of just, nowhere too, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely out of nowhere. I'm like, I'm like, did, are we watching a kid's film? Like, what the hell is this? Like, as much as like, you know, I, as now that we're delving into common writer, I've delved into common writer. I'm like, oh, okay. There's a little more adult themes. There's not this. This was this was pure exploitation. And the hell sequence comes out of absolutely nowhere because one of um uh, uh what's his name? Um the three, King Dark. The three. Oh yes. Because King Dark needs to make a monster that can defeat the riders. And one of his henchmen know he's like, I know of a man who can do it for you, but he's in hell. So you must use your powers to pull him out of hell. And it's so we go to this flashback sequence of these three random dudes who are just complete bastards. 
Like they're the bastards of bastards. Um, they they're robbing they're robbing this village, and uh, they steal was it, they steal a truck, right? They steal the head of a Buddha. That's what they're doing. This is, so. this is all in the seven uh, in the Ultraman movie. Mm-hmm. This is a straight. You know, it, the, the the sequence is all. It's the same three actors, it's the same three yeah. characters. And Hanuman viciously murders these guys with Whoa. absolute glee. Hold on. First, first, these men are driving away. A child r- jumps onto the jeep or truck, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Guys, guy straight up. Shoots him in the head. This guy shoots him. Yes, yes. Oh, I completely forgot about that. How the again? It's like you're like, holy crap! What the hell? It's like yes. His face. If you've seen Destroy All Monsters, remember that time when that guy gets hit in the head and he just kind of goes, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kid. That's the face this kid makes, but completely bloody. Yep. And then Hanuman just appears. His, a hand, the hand mm-hmm. of God, of Hanuman, mm-hmm. of Ultraman, whatever deity comes mm-hmm. and picks up this child and turns him into Hanuman. Yes. yes. He just shows up, starts dancing a little bit, and go on. So Hanuman, like, with the childish glee, viciously murders these dudes. Like, not like, hey, like, you know, you've done bad and, like, you know, I'm just going to put you down. Like, gleefully stabs the crap out of these guys. Like, he bifurcates them. Like, he... I think he... Does he not stomp on one of their heads at one point or something like that? He stomp, he, he stomps on one of them, and then he crushes with his hands. The other... The other he, like, you see... It, it's like holding a, 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 a Capri Sun and just, like, squeezing it until all, everything comes out. Or a ketchup packet, in this case. And you're like, like, what in God's name? Like, what what the hell am I watching? So these three bastards, like, afterwards, the village is like, thanks, Hanuman. It's like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Like, again, he's just like, see you later, and then takes off. And this is the last we see of Hanuman for, like, 45, 50 minutes of what's left of this goddamn movie. Then we go to hell, and the three dudes are in hell. And they're begging and pleading not to be tortured, you know, to spare them. And then King Dark uses his powers to pull this one dude who's a scientist out of it. And he says, look, I'll keep you out of hell if you can make for me this, you know, a, a uh, like an unstoppable monster to defeat the, the rioters. And he's like, oh, sure. But I actually know another guy who could do it better. Well, let's just kidnap it. <laughs> let's kidnap him. Like, it's the convolutedness from, um, you know, Jango Fett's plot to assassinate Obi-Wan in uh, in Episode 2. It's like, yeah, I was hired to kill this guy, but, you know, I'm going to subcontract this out to someone else. The rest, there's, the rest of the movie is a lot of... Uh, the good chunk of the movie is just clips from the other two movies. Um, fast forward a little bit. So anyway, later on, there is a Frankenstein slash bat monster that is created mm-hmm. by this kidnapped scientist. And, uh, you know, then it cuts right back to 
the writers fighting him and defeating mm-hmm. him. Yep. But this is movie's still halfway done. You still have another forty five minutes of movie. And you're like, what the hell's going on here? Now, this is the part of the movie where it gets interesting because, you know, you've seen good Tokusatsu. You've seen good special effects. Yeah, we're done mm-hmm. with that now. You're, yeah. any, any good quality uh, effect work that you would expect out of this movie is done. Yeah. Now we're moving on to homegrown, homemade stuff. Mm-hmm. And King Dark says, hey, man, we need, some, we need some henchmen. We need some more monsters. So the escaped hell uh, convict... And Dr. Miso? Weso. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're creations. Oh, jeez. Oh. Not since Island of Dr. Moreau have I seen better. Uh, and that's the thing, the dub, the dub does not help this whatsoever. Because it's the same dude doing all, all five of their voices. Jesus. And he's just making barnyard animal noise. Because, again, it's, it's almost... Did it come off to you that there's almost like a weird borderline racism in this scene that you can't quite explain? But you're looking at like, I don't, this isn't racist, but this feels racist somehow. I don't know why. Like, just something about this feels just exploitative in in, in some seedious fashion. It did make me feel uncomfortable. It did make me, like, I... Don't know how to. Sh- I like. I wouldn't show this to my friends, you know. I wouldn't be. No, like, hey, no. This. this look, man. This movie is best if you were doing like a midnight film festival of like found stuff. Everyone is there, and everyone is in the mood to watch something bad and have fun, and maybe get a little inebriated while while enjoying it. And like, this is what this is. But even yeah. then, there's times where you're like, oh man, like I don't know. There's enough narcotics in the world to like really get me into this enough to follow this but they create these yeah these five monsters which are just dudes like in loincloths wearing animal masks rubber animal masks rubber animal masks and they're they're making these sounds of the animal that they are while also talking like nitwits can i just say that Everyone in this movie is sweating bullets. It's it Thailand. Be... I don't know if you know this about Thailand. It is hot there. It's quite it is warm. Crazy. It, it, you're like, man, I feel so bad for the, like. I get why these people are running around without, you know, with lens glass. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, like the the the, the scientists, you know, the poor guys in in the beanies, and everyone is just sweating, just drenched in sweat at all times. Oh, but that's neither, you know, that's just a Well, I mean, look, man, like you haven't seen sweat like this since like the the Dollars trilogy where everyone is like out there dirty and dusty. Like that was a like that was a choice. That was a style. You know, that's what Sergio Leone is like, "No, man, you know, no one's like cool in the desert. Like everyone's sweating and dirty. Here it's like legitimately like we're probably filming this in July. Monsoon season is upon us." It's 105 degrees, and we're shooting this movie with no permits whatsoever. So, like, we got to, like, we're doing two takes, and we're moving on. Yeah, if you're lucky, if you got two takes. So, uh, then the rest of the movie is 
quite literally King Dark in this homemade Chayo uh, version of him, mm. bossing his 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 cronies around. At some point, they kidnap a dog, <laughs> and they're like, "Look, dude, we're out of." The, his cronies are so desperate. They're like, "Hey, man, we ran out of human blood. Will dog blood be okay?" You said dog blood will be all right. right? They kidnap Again, this going... kid's dog. They kidnap this kid's dog. They bring him out of a cage. They bring him in a cage, and it's like these two mangy looking. They're not even the same dog that they kidnapped. Just mm -hmm. poor, like underfed dogs. You're just like, what is this? Like, what are you guys doing? Luckily, some people, you know, some mm -hmm. villains have the decency to not kill a dog. So good <laughs> on King Dark to not kill these dogs and just like, let's get these guys out of here. Well, again, it was two. Again, two things. It all comes back around to Simpsons. It's like when you find out that Fat Tony was selling the school rats milk, and <laughs> Miracle was like, "I asked for dog or hire." And it's that scene in Kick-Ass 2 when they execute Jim Carrey's character, and you know his hand, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, Mother Effer's um, uh, henchmen are like, "Do you want us to kill the dog too?" And he turns to me, he's like, "What am I, a monster? No, don't you can't shoot the dog." Like, it's one of those scenes, it's like, I have no problem, like, putting the bullet into the brain of another human being, but no, I would be a bastard to kill a, to kill a poor and innocent animal. So, at least there's that. Yeah. You can, you can say, that, fingers crossed, no dogs were harmed, or no animals were harmed uh, in the making of this movie. But then we go on to the five riders in their homemade costumes fighting five Dudes in loincloths. Oh man, and this was rough. This was yes, this was, was rough. Um, there was absolutely no rhyme, or and I, you know, there's no rhyme or goddamn reason to anything that they shot and edited together. There's absolutely none. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, my like did like a five year old with his iPhone could do better than this. There was, it just felt like, because again, these suits are so flimsy. And it looks like whatever budget they had for this movie went into those suits. Like, just to poorly recreate them. Uh, there's, like, no fight choreography whatsoever. So, And I, I know that the, the poor bastards that are inside those suits cannot see out of those masks. So they're probably just yelling, like, alright, throw a kick. Alright, punch here. And the, the dudes in the rubber mask are having to do the bulk of the work, it's like pro wrestling. You got to do the selling. Like they're the ones doing the flips into the piles of dirt, you know, to, you know, sell that the writers are like, you know, beating the crap out of them. And it, there's, it, it go and it goes on. This went on forever. Like it didn't feel like it would ever end. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of back and forth, man. It's a lot of back and forth. Um, they uh, King Dark is still trying to kidnap women and get their blood, and that's that's the whole thing of the movie is trying to stop this madman's quench. He's never quenched for blood. Um, and then at some point, the five riders step on a landmine, and they're they, they die. Yeah, they. They all walk in this, you know, in this field, and 
and blow up and, and just die there. Out of nowhere. No no explanation to this landmine. No explanation to anything. They just, and all of a sudden they just blow up. And it's like, they stepped on the landmine. It's like, what? wait, what landmine? Where was this put in? Wait, at what point did you guys mention that there's going to be a landmine? And King Dark is like, I have won. And then he leaves his, uh, he leaves his lair and, and comes out to the city and so doing, well, this is the one thing that actually kind of does make sense because they, you know, because again, they're using the footage from the, from the Kamen Rider movie. So the prop that they built in that of King, whatever the King Dark was, was this giant like statue looking thing. So he's already large. So he just shows up and grows to like kaiju size but there yeah. is like at least some precedence already like he's like he's just you know there's times when he's big and there's times when he's not and he just starts aimlessly rampaging around the city but what happens next now now is when hanuman shows up mm-hmm. where what summoned him i have no idea just some sparkly you know stuff comes from the sky mm-hmm Hanuman shows up, revives our writers, mm-hmm. and which, which by the way, these writers have died. Yes, they have seen the other side. Hanuman brings them back, and they all get up and like, like dust themselves off. They're like, hey, Hanuman, like, where the hell have you been? Like, ah, like, like he's like an old college friend. Like, how the hell are you doing? Like, been a long time. Too long. It's been 45 minutes since we lost the Hanuman. Uh, writer V3 uh, mm-hmm. confronts confronts King Dark and says something to the. I don't care how tall you are, I'll still will fight you anywhere. Mm-hmm. He gets on his bike, flies around, uh, and and quite literally, it is a toy on a string. Oh, so so much worse than the last episode when we were talking about. Common Rider fighting um, uh, um, uh, uh, was it monster General? with a giant penis. Yes. Yes. Crabat. Yes, Crabat. <laughs> far, far like that. That was like ILM compared to like the amateur video that this was. Uh, like I said, Chris described it perfectly. It is. It, it is just all this with some with uh, the Common Rider X uh, theme dubbed in Thai playing in the back. By the way, by the way, they again. You want to talk about copyright infringement? They melt the hell out of that 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 stolen soundtrack because that's all that's playing throughout this entire movie. It's that same thing over and over. And over again, it is almost, it gets almost like tormentful. Like you're sitting here like, I can we get another music? And like, look, if you're going to steal, why not go all the way and just start stealing music that you can put in here to mix things up a little bit? Like you stole the soundtrack, throw some pop in there. It's 75. Like the Bee Gees are huge right now. You can throw them in there. Who gives a crap? Donna Summers is on top of the charts. Throw some of her music in there. Look, you obviously don't care. And this was a point where they're like, who the hell's going to watch this? Like, it's only be shown maybe in, in Thailand and maybe in China. And that's it. 
but yeah, it's that same thing. Over, oh, I just realized I'm like this. What this is part of the reason why this movie feels so long because they just repeat the same like two and a half minutes of the score over and over. And like at points where they just cut and like it's out of and it goes out of sync, and you're like, I'm going. I'm like my ears are starting to bleed. I'm going nuts. So after a couple of missiles, Hanuman grows in size like he does. Yep. And because you have to have you have to have a, a kaiju Ultraman, you know, sequence. And and begins fighting King Dark and it they're fighting and as a viewer, you notice King Dark every time he moves, he holds his head. Like because the poor guy in the suit, the suit's falling apart. He's so I mean, so hard for his helmet not to fall off. Here, here, here's what I, here's what I think. It's that um, Chayo used the money they, you know, they had. It's some of the money they got from Superaya, and they actually built kind of a cool suit for Hanuman. And they're like, we got this thing. There was like some quality put into this thing. And I wouldn't even doubt that. Um, I'm actually, I'm not sure if actually Super Riot built that suit for them or not. Because it's a, it's a, it's a decent quality suit. Not, you know, comparing especially to the common writers in this movie, like that suit looks pretty good for its time and place. And yes. it, again, it felt like Sampo was like, I gotta squeeze every dime I can out of this thing. And Hanuman grows big, so we King Dark grows big, and we're gonna have a whole kaiju sequence. But unlike the Ultraman movie, where they had participation from Subaraya, so they had help with the effects. I know it was mostly the child crew, but they had some people from Subaraya come over and help them. This was none of that. This was like, hey, remember what they showed you? Recreated. They're like, um. We spent two hours watching them. I, I don't know. They're like, we'll do it. Because you can see, I think there's a point you can even see, like, the wires for the lighting, like, behind one of the buildings. You can see the guy's undershirt. Yes. You can see the back of his neck. His this, was, this was, whenever they make fun of Godzilla and Ultraman in, like, TV shows and cartoons... And so I'm like, oh, it's the hokey suits, and you can see this. This is the literal embodiment of that moment. Like, played straight and played for, you know, a serious tone, for, for a legitimate movie. Well, legitimate is kind of a – that's a strong word to use. <laughs> Gray area. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this movie wasn't is not HD. This is clearly 480p. Uh, no, it looked like it was shot in 16. Like I'm I'm shocked they even gave it that. Yeah, this is a, 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 looks. It's a VHS quality, is what we're we're trying to describe it as. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it was a VHS rip on your end. Um, they fight Hanuman and, and King Dark. King Dark literally tries not to lose his head. Mm-hmm. Hanuman pins him down and with his trident slowly, slowly sinks his trident right into okay, what's this what's this part of the body called? The the, the Lorax? Thorax. Oh the oh not the Lorax. The <laughs> <laughs> he, stabs him in the th- he stabs him in, 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 in he stabs him in the throat. 
he but the way he does it is is remember that scene in Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. where German well, yeah the uh, German scientist is killing uh who was it was it um uh what's his name uh uh Tom or um Tom Skerritt like he's murdering Tom Skerritt's character like he's holding he's like or Barry Pepper one of those guys I forget which one it is but like the, he puts he, yeah he puts his puts his hand over his mouth as he just slowly he's like yes as, that's you know, a, he puts yeah puts the knife into his throat yeah that's exactly how he kills King Dark and just you and there's see, just like blood everywhere too yeah. coming down his face just which we know is not his blood that's the blood of probably a thousand virgins that he has killed and consumed. Next scene, without missing a deep uh, a beat. Thank you, Hanuman. Thank you. Hey, thanks. The, the people of, of, of Thailand are hey, thanks. Then Hanuman goes and says his goodbyes to uh, to the seven to the five riders. Hey, man, it's been real. Hey, I'll see you the next one. Hard cut. Hard cut. To hell. I forgot about the soliloquy at the end. I just right. watched this movie and I completely forgot about this soliloquy. We 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 visit our friends in hell. It's mm-hmm. the three bandits or two bandits now mm-hmm. who are about to be executed. And the executioner tells um, the king of hell or mustache devil man. Yeah, man. It sucks because we only have two of the three bandits. You know, there's still one more out there. Oh, hold on. Before that, we didn't talk about Hanuman finding the third bandit. Oh, I forgot about that. Where one of the writers tells Hanuman, hey, there's one more bad guy over there. Go get him. Go go take care of him, is what he says. So there's... Uh, I, I love that the writers are like outsourcing their murder to Hanuman. Like that's literally what they're doing. Like, hey, look, man, like we we'll kill some monsters, but um, like if you murder? know, yeah, murder. We're not down with it, but we will sanction it. So if you want to do it, that's that's cool. You're more than welcome to violently murder this dude. That's fine. Like we're down with that. We'll just watch and we'll 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 cheer you on. So we are at, it looks like the steps of City Hall. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy just chilling out on the stairs, you know, kind of like, I'm just a bill, just hanging out there. And this guy in some familiar looking boots is underneath uh, some some newspaper. Newspaper rips off of him, of his face. And it's our, it's our villain. It's our villain that escaped from hell. And... This horrible, horrifying shot of this giant Hanuman coming behind the building and reaching over and, and grabbing this man and holding him up for the camera. You know, mm-hmm. he, it's almost like his hand is pointing to the kind of viewers, you can't see this, but it's like I'm holding this, uh, this, this can of Coke and just squeezing him in like a, like a bottle of toothpaste until he, until he bleeds out. And then we go back to hell. Mm-hmm. And then we see our, our two bandits and, and an executioner, you know, complaining like, "Oh man, there's one more missing." King of Hell says, "Fret not, my friend. We will summon him. We will summon him now." 
and out from the cauldron comes comes our, 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 our escaped convict. And he goes, there he is, commence the execution, cut their heads off. With his, the, the, Jesus and you, yeah, Christ. yeah, and you see the whole thing. Like this movie's ending on an execution. It looks, it looks like, you know those those videos you would see in the early two thousands when you would see. Um, oh, when you're going on rotten. When you're going on rotten.com. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. this. That's exactly yeah. what this looks like. Yep. Um, executioner beheads all three of our bandits one by one. And the closing shot, well, they just kind of like, man, these things are useless, you know, dumb head, human heads. The closing shot of the movie is a close-up of all three heads, all three decapitated heads on the floor, looking up with their mouths open in this horrible, this horrified face. You're like, what? By the way, yeah, but where, you know, the the soliloquy, the, the king of hell, you know, you talked about earlier. That's where he gives his whole speech. Like, it's supposed to be this moral, like, this moral, you know, the moral of this story at the very end. As, you know, he's explaining all that, everything you, you read off. And then shot to the heads. Credits. I sat up. I'm like, are you goddamn kidding me? Like, that, really? That's it? That's how you're ending this movie? Again. This movie's long. This movie. This movie's not long, but it feels long. It is incomprehensible, and it dares to do some stuff that I've never seen movies, especially again. There was no like. There was absolutely no care put into this. This is exploitation on top. Of, this is a hat on a hat of exploitation. You took a kid show and you kind of turned it into this cartoonishly R-rated exploitation movie and it's like there is no definition to what the hell this movie really is other than um i wanted to make sampo was like i wanted to make a common writer movie they said no so i said screw you i'm gonna do one anyway and this is what he thought the public wanted look this guy was a huckster and he was a shyster and a con man but he ran a movie studio that made movies that apparently turned a profit at one point. To the point he had enough money that he legitimately bailed out Subaraya from bankruptcy at one point, which is what led to the whole uh, Chayo nonsense. And you can there's episodes of of Kaiju Kingdom if you want to go, you know they're they're deeper down there, but you can look them up. I met this dude back in 2015. I got invited to a, a press conference when this dude was like we're bringing Ultraman because he, he claimed he had the rights to the first five Ultra series and Jan Borghese and um, was Jan Borghese and was it Ultra Man? Q? It wasn't yeah no he didn't have Ultra Q he had Jamborg and it might have been Mirror Man it was another Super Riot hero and like, I sat for three and a half hours in a Thai restaurant in on Hollywood Boulevard. Like, one of only, like, six people that spoke English in this entire thing. He was doing this big press conference that was all in Thai. And I kept thinking, why would you do, like, a big press conference for Thailand 
in L.A., but again, it's all about the appearance. And he brought a bunch of crappy merchandise. Like, Gotti does not begin to describe some of the things that he had. He had these Ultraman-like figures and a Hanuman figure that were encrusted with diamonds, and he was charging, like, like 18 grand for these things. And I looked at him like, who in God's name is going to buy these things? No one. Because, look, all it looked like he did was, it looks like he took an X-plus figure and then just bedazzled it. Um, and then that's when he claimed he was going to make a Hollywood Ultraman movie. And I know he conned some poor dudes who were, like, trying to make a break in the, uh, in the you know, in, on their own in the film industry. These were guys, there was one guy that was a producer on the Transformers movies that I get, he was given a bill of goods about this dude. And he's like, yeah, sure. Like I'll get into the international game. Like if I get paid, I got to interview this dude. He is, he is king of bullshitters. Like he was telling people like, I'm getting Will Smith to be my Ultraman movie. And I'm like, well, what's your Ultraman movie about? It'll be about Ultraman saving the world at the 2020 Olympics in Japan. And I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, so basically, an earthquake monster, which he holds up a figure of Gamora, will come out of the ground, and he's going to attack the Olympics. And there's going to be a track and field runner played by Will Smith, who will become the host of Ultraman, and he turns into Ultraman to fight off, you know, the earthquake monster. But you find out that there's a second monster sent by aliens to defeat Ultraman. And so this monster will team up with, with Gamora to face Ultraman at the end. I'm like, what's the other monster? He holds up a figure of Jiris. <laughs> and I went, you ballsy SOB. That, um, I, there's no way in hell this is happening. Even your, your plot synopsis to this whole thing is nonsense. And not only that, but he had the audacity to say, we're doing a second movie. We're making a Jambork Ace movie. Where he fights a gigantic robotic panda. A robotic ninja panda, by the way. I hmm. talked to the dudes who were going to work on this Ultraman movie. They're like, yeah, and we're, you know, we're, we're getting ready to ride in on this. I'm like, like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I cannot be the only one in the room that, I'm like, no, you guys are being had. Like, this is like, this feels like a tax evasion scam right here. Like, whatever is going on here. I, I, again, I have that whole, I recorded the entire thing, the entire, and I narrated this. It's an episode deep in the archives. Um, so if you want to check that out, you know, you might have to go, actually, it's on our YouTube channel, so you can check it out there. But beyond that, like, again, Chayo, the Sampo and Chayo, man, they, I mean, look, it's a fascinating aspect of, of the history of this stuff. But was it quality? No. But this guy held Ultraman hostage for nearly 30 years. <laughs> like, the reason why we didn't get any Ultraman stuff stateside, and the stuff that we did, like when Shout Factory put out Ultra Q, Ultra, you know, and Mill Creek put out Ultraman before they got the rights. And then remember when Shout Factory put out Ultra 7? Yeah. All from Chayo. Right. That was all we're sub-licensed out of. All that, all that classic stuff is all sub-licensed from Chayo. And that's where we got the Ultraman bootleg movies in China and those Dragon Force movies because of Chayo. Like, it is a fascinating um, 
it, again, it's a fascinating corner of this. And there's one day I'm, we're going to, I've, I've been talking, people have been like, because this guy is, is because here's the thing. He is a legitimate fan. He loves this stuff. Like he does, Sampo loved Ultraman, legitimately loved Ultraman. He had a gigantic collection at his home in in uh in Thailand. Like he had suits, he had props. He had so I have a book that one day I'm gonna be doing a whole thing on. I've had people actually ask, you know, for this thing to be part of this um part of their projects. I'm like, little by little, but as far as I know, this is the only book in existence. But it has his personal photo collection and shots of his home. And the I mean, it's a big house. It looks like a compound that, like, a cult leader has, like, down in Waco, Texas. Like, it's one of those. Like, there's a gate and everything. He has a uh, – at the front gate, he has a nine-and-a-half-foot Ultraman head that's part of the property. So he loves this stuff. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's a fan. But this is, like, way overboard of shysteriness, like, that you've never seen. And he dressed like a used car salesman from Milwaukee. Like, being in the presence of this dude, I'm like, I can't, like, man, I don't know how you got this far or why people believe your nonsense. But it's still, fa- it's, it's it, you know, it's like, I felt like when, uh, <laughs> I feel like when, when I forgot who it was that sat or let's what was it Diane Sawyer sat down with Saddam Hussein or you know when she got that interview with him like uh, before the war broke out and I'm just like I'm not sitting in front of a bastard but I'm like the, this is too interesting not to talk to this guy I and to be fair he gave me like a whole like 10 15 minutes which you know doesn't sound long but it's pretty long, especially when you have someone translating because he doesn't speak any English whatsoever. So that said, seeing this, it's like, oh, yeah, you have absolutely no skill whatsoever in filming. I don't even think that there's a director assigned to this movie. I think Sampo himself directed it, but I can't say for sure. But there's no one listed as the director on any of the, and any of the stuff I could find. So I'm going to assume Sampo directed this thing because i believe he directed the ultra brothers movie and he's directed other stuff other schlocky stuff they they're the, the most famous movie that came out of that studio that we got was this movie called crocodile that was that was him that was him no really yeah he oh. directed that one no idea are you talking about yeah. the one the crocodile one and two possibly it's you know it's a clearly a foreign movie and they got like a big animatronic crocodile. Like the big sequence is like oh, this girl swimming. Are, wait, are you? I'm not talking about, about Alligator, the great movie alligator. that John Styles. Yeah. John, no, Alligator one and two. Alligator one is a great movie. Alligator two is a fun movie too. John yeah, Sales right. wrote that first one. Alligator is a great Jaws ripoff movie. No, no, this is a. This is another like this is ripping off that ripoff, and it's. It is it, it's exploitation at its at its core. That's all it really is. It's just nothing but nonstop because it's just gory deaths by this animatronic crocodile. So, um, yeah, it, it, my God, like I I I needed to take a cleanse after watching this thing. So, your your last thoughts. Look, 
this movie is not something you want to watch on a Sunday afternoon. Chris made it very clear. You, this is a midnight movie. Uh, take whatever it is that you need to take responsibly to relax yourself and have a good time. Keyword on responsibly and, and enjoy it. Um, there are parts of this movie where you're like, what the hell? And, and if you don't believe us, just go watch the movie. Because any, I did prepare something before recording my opening thoughts about this movie. And any way I wrote it down, it sounded like a four-year-old, you know, telling their parents what they saw, you know, in, the, in their fever dream. They got sick, they got really sick, and they had this dream. And it made no sense. And through the, uh, the, course of, the course of this recording, none of this makes sense. None. What was I saying? I don't know. We've lost track of this. Let's bring this home. This movie's wild. This movie's unlike any movie I've seen in a long time. Uh, if you're curious about it, go find a copy and, uh, and enjoy yourself for two hours. Yeah, this was definitely something I, I checked off of a list. So, And it's definitely one of like, look, man, uh, let's get some beers. And let's get a little lit. And uh, let's watch something that you're going to... It's going to blow your mind, but not in a good way. <laughs> That's the only way I can really describe, you know, doing justice to this movie. Yeah. That's a great way. It's going to blow your mind, but not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So, right. um, I, that's going to, we're, we're going to wrap this up. So that means, uh, what would he have on the docket next? It's a surprise. Oh, I think we already know what's going to be. I, I'm, uh, I'm horrible at keeping dates. I mean, you had to remind me twice that we're recording today. So could you remind me and the audience? Mm-hmm. So the next time you hear us, we will be reviewing Shin Kamen Rider properly. Ariana's oh, already, that. Yes, yes. Ariana's already seen it in Japan, but now he's going to get to see it with a proper trans, you know, subtitle translation. I will be watching it. Um, that will be the first week of June. We'll be back for that one. So uh, you're getting a lot of common Kaisers this month because I fell a little behind on getting the schedule. So uh, you're getting a lot of content this month. So we hope you have enjoyed what you've been listening to. And uh, if you have any questions, remarks, whatever, you can find us under the Kaiju Kingdom podcast socials under uh, uh, Twitter at the Kaiju Kingdom uh, Facebook.com slash the Kaiju Kingdom podcast and Instagram at the Kaiju Kingdom as well. And uh, that is where this uh, show is also under. It is under the Kaiju Kingdom uh, RSS feed under your favorite podcast streamers. So with that being said, that is going to do it for this edition of Common Kaisers. For myself and... Adi Hosa, thank you for listening.
and we need blood. We need a lot of blood. Send us blood in the mail, in boxes. Send us your blood. That was a good one to go on. Bravo. Bravo. All right.